All right, and welcome back. We are officially on episode 22. We are feeling like Taylor Swift today. I am joined by Kyle and, of course, Derek, the Boz Bosworth. Boys, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Glad to be here on a nice Sunday morning. Yeah, things are uh, things are going well. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. We got Josh Allen in the background today, so that life is good, man. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Before we, We're talking wide receivers today. But before we get into wide receivers, I got to touch on this hat I'm wearing. I got my Seahawks hat on today, and I think we need to talk about it specifically the fact that Russell Wilson seems like he's pushing himself out of Seattle. So reports came out this week that Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade. However, his agent has submitted a list of teams he'd only be traded to for some reason, both to the Seahawks and to ESPN. Those teams are the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. As a Seahawks fan, I'm going to hold my comments for a second. So, uh, Kyle, why don't you start us off with your opinion on this? Yeah, I I think it's not something I really envisioned being a real possibility, but I, I still feel like they're kind of just playing for a better line. But at the same notion, all the trades make sense. All four landing spots have fantastic lines, which is exactly what Russell Wilson wants. I particularly really like the Raiders as a landing spot. I think they were, they, they easily could have made the playoffs last year. And I think Derek Carr is mediocre at best. Uh, Not that he's a bad quarterback, but you're not going to win any Super Bowls with him. You put him behind that Raiders line and they have some decent weapons already. Fuck. Can you imagine Darren Waller getting the ball from Russell Wilson? He'd be 1,500 yards. Like, he really might have that potential this season if that happens. Boz, what do you think? Yeah, um, I still think it's extremely unlikely that Russell Wilson gets moved. But um, I really don't – and I also really don't think any of these teams have the trade ammo to make a deal, except for Dallas, if they were to throw draft picks on top of deck. I don't think that would happen. But if it did, oh, my God, then Wilson would be the QB one for a few years with with those weapons. And CeeDee Lamb would be wide receiver one. You know, it's it's interesting because I don't think this is going to happen. Maybe that's me being a Seahawks fan, really wishing that it doesn't happen. But I, I it's crazy that Russell Wilson within a week has made his trade market and the possibility of him moving seems more likely than Deshaun Watson getting moved at this point because the Texans refusing to actually move him. And Wilson's not even saying he's going to hold out. He just wants like a, a say in the team's direction in the play calling and stuff like that. And I don't know, like Brady gets that. And I know Peyton got that. And I feel like Russell Wilson is worthy of that and has the mind for it. So yeah, I don't man. know what they're doing. They might have to pull uh, in what they did in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and they might have to fire Pete Carroll because I think Carroll is the problem here. He had, clearly has an ego problem where uh, I think he runs more of that organization than people realize. Uh, he, it's always mm-hmm. his handpicked guys in the draft. Uh, like It really feels like everything runs through Pete Carroll. I mean, and can you imagine? I mean, you, Pete is sub 500, I was reading the other day, without Russell Wilson. So I think he should maybe pump the brakes and um, you know thinking that he's this this amazing coach when in truth and reality Wilson's been carrying his ass for the last 15 odd some years or so yeah yeah agreed I wouldn't call Pete Carroll I don't think Pete Carroll's ever been a top five coach in the league I think he was a top five college coach when he played it when he was at USC but I don't think he's a top five like and this is a Seahawks fan talking but you know what it's interesting because apparently 
the wheels are turning and Chicago is preparing an offer for the Seahawks. Apparently Chicago is dead set on trying to acquire Russell Wilson. Cause I think if you put it this way, Wilson might realistically be cheaper than Watson is in terms of what you'd have to give up. Uh, yeah. I think he definitely would be cheaper than Watson, like just because of the age difference, but like, but Chicago's an interesting one because they technically are in win now mode. Like they don't, they can't slack and not compete. And I, but I don't think their offensive line is necessarily bet like better, like a, a massive upgrade to the point where Wilson's like, Oh, like this is awesome. And Matt Nagy, Come on. Come yeah. on. You want Matt Nagy as your coach calling your plays? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not I would not be huge on the Bears landing spot. I think re- realistically, I think Wilson's going to stay in uh, Seattle and they just need to beef up that front five. Totally. Yeah. And you know and but like let's talk real quick because Deshaun Watson as well is in the news, tweeting out stuff like, you know, stuff about loyalty and stuff like that. And he met with the new Texans coach. He's met with their new GM. And to every single person, he's like, I'm not playing for you. All the new Texans he- coach. What a joke, man. Hire the Ravens wide receiver coach. The Ravens had wide receivers this year. Like, are you sure? <laughs> I can't remember any. <laughs> but it's it's so interesting that like this team is so dead set on keeping Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson is dead set on not playing for this team. Like this, I don't think this is like a case where like he's holding out. This is a case where he just wants gone. Well, and yeah, I and think- I think also, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but I think that the Texans are only losing value the longer they wait. Just look at what happened with mm-hmm. uh, James Harden, right? Harden said he wasn't going to play for the Rockets, not to jump to basketball, but literally they got like what half of what his value was because he didn't show up. He didn't want to play. And eventually they were like, fuck, we just have to trade him. Right. And they will take whatever for him. Like if you have to move Watson before the draft, it has to happen before the draft or on draft night. If you want serious firepower back, you know what it's if, if Deshaun Watson pulls a James Harden, just gets fat. I mean, <laughs> he could be moved right on the, uh, right on the money, but it, I would be shocked if they pulled a draft day trade and move Deshaun Watson on draft day. That's crazy. And But it would make sense if they can trade him to the Jets and get that second overall pick, take Justin Fields. Yeah, I think what's going to happen with uh, Watson is, so Miami is my team with the highest likelihood of landing him. I think they, they're loaded with draft picks, and, and they have Tua. So I think they would not mind giving Tua in the third overall pick, and both teams would be very happy with that um all the other teams such as the panthers broncos and even the jets they would have to reach for picks down the line like 2022 and 2023 picks in order to get a deal going for watson in my opinion Mm -hmm. and watson really wants out so i think there's a better chance than not that he's going to be the qb of the dolphins next season yeah, and I like what you're saying because I mentioned that earlier too. I think if you're going to do the trade, that's the one that makes the most sense. Just do two and the 1.3, right? And like, like mm-hmm. I, I personally don't like that idea because I think they should draft offensive line with the third pick. But if you're going to do it, that trade is the only one on paper that makes sense to me. The Texans get a quarterback back because mm-hmm. you can't do Darnold in the 1.2 because Darnold is obviously not as valuable as Tua because, you know, Darnold's already damaged goods, right? Like Tua still has a good chance of becoming a very capable quarterback in the league. So it's just, I think that agreed with Boz, like that's the only scenario that makes sense to me personally. 
Yeah, and like I can't argue that. So, you know, I think we run through our QBs. Let's hop right into it. We're talking wide receivers today, baby. The drama queens of the offense. They're the cornerbacks of your offensive room. All of them want to be the best, and a lot of them suck. So <laughs> let's jump right into it. And since we're talking Seahawks, I'm going to mention my boy, DK Metcalf. Talk about a lights out season going from the last pick in the second round taken before AJ Brown, McCall Hardman or taken after, sorry, McCall Hardman, AJ Brown, and, uh, and, and, Nikhil just, Harry. and yeah, Nikhil Harry and just popping. Wait, off. who? <laughs> <laughs> but, and like, and DK is 23 in 16 games, 83 receptions for 1300 yards. That's insane insane progress in your second year tyler lockett i honestly think is going to be a casualty he won't be back uh and he'll leave during free agency i could see him going to the bears as a good landing spot but dk will walk in as the wide receiver one next year there's been reports out that he's really working on his route running and his ability to run different routes successfully dk metcalf is going to pop off i think he's already a top five dynasty wide receiver. And there's no reason whatsoever. He couldn't fall into the top three with another lights out baller year with Russell Wilson throwing him touchdowns. I can't, I cannot knock DK Metcalf. He is an absolute stud. He's a beast. And I've been seeing him getting drafted wide receiver one in startups almost every time. And I'm, I personally don't have him as my wide receiver one, but I have no problem with anyone who does. Yeah, I like DK. Obviously, it's pretty incredible just how much growth he's had over the last two seasons. And it's all about, and I think I've mentioned this before, uh, when somebody comes into the league like DK situation, they have to have the right mindset in order to succeed in the NFL. And you cannot hate on DK. He's a great guy. Like he's got a great head on his shoulders and he works his ass off. Like if he came in and was one of those diva wide receivers, as Luke was just mentioning before, and, you know, didn't want to put in the work and was just like, oh, I'm big and, you know, tough or whatever, and didn't care about his route running or whatever. I don't think we we're talking about him in this this mm-hmm. conversation at all as, as potentially dynasty wide receiver one and i think there's a real argument there easily and you know what my favorite part about dk is is he do you know who pft commenter is from barstool yeah they constantly get into twitter beef and it's like i'm on twitter and dk metcalf's like yo I'll, I'll, like i'll fuck you up boy and pft <laughs> is like yo if you were 10 i'd kick your ass like that's a guy who can laugh at himself but also puts up ridiculous numbers like you have my heart Please never leave Seattle. I'll cry if he does. Yeah, and you definitely, before the draft, there was a big, there was a lot of steam about that picture of him just looking enormous. And that just shows you the work work ethic. And this week, they actually surfaced a picture of Rondale Moore looking bulked up, just like DK Metcalf was. Actually, definitely not as big as DK Metcalf was, but he's looking a lot, Rondale Moore is looking a lot bigger than he did in college. Yeah, I like Ronald Moore, and uh, it's funny, uh, you know, who's also yoked, who did go before him, but I would say is the only one who's lived up to the hype, A.J. Brown. Just got to throw him out there, because I don't know if one of us talks about him today. A.J. Brown is a fucking stud, like an absolute animal. They might, I think there's an argument to be made that they're number one and two 
like as far as dynasty rankings, because AJ wasn't healthy this season. People don't even realize that he was hurt the entire year and he mm-hmm. still cracked a thousand yards and I think eight touchdowns. Like we, yeah. we should get my uh, brother on the podcast soon because he, if you get him going to vote AJ Brown, it's, it's over. He loves <laughs> AJ Brown. I, I heard a crazy story actually recently. Did you know that DK in high school used to play corner and he would lock up AJ Brown in high school and they had beef going into Ole Miss when they both declared and the coach made them squash the beef because apparently it was so hostile between the two of them that they couldn't function with each other. Yeah, it That's doesn't crazy. surprise me. They're big meatheads, man. Uh, who's going next here, Derek? Yeah, let's hear who you got first. Yeah, so I feel like I should preface this conversation by saying just what Justin Jefferson did this year was extremely impressive. He produced historic numbers and all the credit in the world to him. However, CeeDee oh. Lamb is still the first wide receiver I'm drafting from that class. Let's go! Dak, <laughs> Dak went down week five. And through week five, CeeDee Lamb outscored Jefferson by 23.5 fantasy points. Jefferson, he had a ridiculously easy schedule. And there'll be, he'll be much more of a focus for defenses when playing the Vikings uh, coming next season. And so I expect some serious regression from him. And CeeDee Lamb gets his quarterback back. Zeke should go back to normal. And that offense is just going to be a whole lot better. So... I expect C.D. Lamb to have positive regression while I expect Justin Jefferson to have negative regression. So, and also, I think that C.D. Lamb is just a better player. I had him rated as a way higher prospect. So, yeah, bye, C.D. Lamb. Love the guy. He's, he's awesome. Like, I love C.D. Lamb. You know when C.D. Lamb won my heart? was I loved him in college. I thought he was the best route runner. You know, no offense to Jerry Judy. I thought he was the best route runner coming out of college in that draft. I fell in love with him for two reasons. One, the Cowboys took him literally as a revenge pick against the Eagles, so they couldn't yep. take him, which is so, so Cowboys-esque and how they run their front office. But I also fell in love with him on the same night because of the famous <laughs> video where his girlfriend's trying to go on his phone. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Give me that back. That yeah, was I bet. awesome. I bet she's not his girlfriend anymore, but I, I love CD. I love CD lamb. I, I, I have had him as my number one for a while. As far as that draft class goes, I agree. I would take him over Justin Jefferson probably at this point. And yeah, I would, if I was in a draft, I would draft Justin Jefferson trade for CD lamb and get a pick or something like that on top mm-hmm. of it and fucking run to the bank, man. And just like, and just have fun with it. Because I think I, I also agree. I think Jefferson is heading towards regression. I hate his draft stock. His ADP is way too fucking high, man. Like just yeah. absurdly high. And I, that's nothing against the guy. I understand what he did his rookie season. I just, I'm not taking at Kirk Cousins wide receiver one that high ever. Like, <laughs> you know what? Cousins is Cousins is a good ball thrower in the sense that he he throws a lot. When you tell Cousins to throw, he has no fear of throwing it, even though half the time he'll throw a pick. But what worries my value of Justin Jefferson and why I like CeeDee Lamb more is Dalvin Cook. Like that team runs through Dalvin Cook the same way the Titans run through Derrick Henry. And, you know, like there's no way how like Cook doesn't ball out again. And there's no way Jefferson puts up 1400 yards again. It's just impossible. Like he's not, he's not Randy Moss. I hate to tell you Vikings fans. He's nowhere near Moss's capability. 
Yeah, I agree. I'll get started with my first guy because uh, uh, my first guy might have been forgotten at this point. I really hope not. Uh, and make sure you keep your shares because Cortland Sutton is coming uh, and he's going to come back really strong. I could see him cracking uh, easily a thousand yards and probably five plus touchdowns. It depends on his quarterback situation. I'd prefer if the Broncos moved off Drew Locke for me to really invest heavily into Cortland Sutton, but I already have a lot of shares. Uh, obviously missed all of last season essentially uh with that injury uh and i mean he's only 25 like i just mm -hmm. i i i love him i think he's a stud he's got now he's gonna have judy on the other side of him and if the broncos can pull off a power move maybe land a guy like Deshaun watson or even do an upgrade in the draft or you know make some move of to bring in a veteran presence to fight with Drew Locke. Maybe they motivate Drew Locke. I don't know. But either way, buying to Cortland Sutton because his ADP is ridiculously cheap. I've had people like I own Sutton in a lot of places. I like Sutton to pop off this year just as a deep ball threat. Nothing more than just as a deep ball threat or even running that slot. But the offers I am getting for Cortland Sutton right now are downright disgraceful. Mm -hmm. They're disgraceful. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you tore your ACL, but this is in the 90s. Guys rebound off that crap and then put up insane stats. And I don't even care if it's Drew Locke throwing to Sutton. I think Sutton really just has capability to be a great wide receiver, without a doubt. And he'll only be 25 at the start of the season. Insane. Yeah, yeah Um. he, Cortland Sutton is a lot like uh, Allen Robinson, in my opinion. Like, he doesn't really need a quarterback just because of the fact if it's a bad thrown ball he's still gonna get it he's a 50 50 ball monster mm -hmm. and i i'm telling you i bought him in 60 percent of the leagues that i don't have him like i was buying this kid everywhere once he got hurt and i'm glad i did because he's going to be a stud next year yeah, Sutton. I like I like his his price right now. He's probably he's probably out of the buying windows on a serious note, just because if you were smart like Boss last season, right when he got injured, you mm. should have just started sending out offers. Like literally for like a second or like whatever you could like, you know what I mean, Muster. I know I flipped Beckham for him in one league, which I'm very happy I did because uh, you know, two or three years younger and I'm much more confident Sutton's gonna have a good season than Beckham. That's for damn sure. Oh, easily, without a doubt. And so, okay, we're going to segue. Kyle already touched on him, but A.J. Brown, holy crap. Holy crap. Let me, put, let me put something into perspective for you. So, in 2019, in his rookie season, okay, he played in 16 games, started 11 of them. Had 84 targets for 1,000 1, yards, over 1,000 yards. And for some reason, you know, He's injured. He's injured in 2020. He only plays 14 games, starts 12 of them. 106 targets, almost 1,100 yards, and 11 touchdowns. This guy literally showed up in Tennessee after his injury and just said, put the passing game on my back. I got you. And went lights out. Oh, my God. If you didn't buy A.J. Brown when he was injured at the start of the season, I'm sorry. You're not getting your hands on him. It's just done business. That guy is a receiver but runs like Derrick Henry. That's scary. And he's physical as hell. I would throw every 50-50 ball if I'm a quarterback at A.J. Brown because it's not even a 50-50 ball. It's a 90-10 ball. He's 90% of the time coming down with that ball. 
just insane what he did for that Titans passing game. And it's insane how many league championships AJ Brown won me this year. AJ Brown is a stud. His efficiency numbers his first year were absolutely ridiculous. He is one of those guys that he doesn't even need that type of volume to be just an absolute beast. And he followed it up this year with insane efficiency numbers again. So if that guy can get, I'm sure his volume will continue to increase every year and he's just going to get better and better. Yeah. I already said my love a little earlier about AJ Brown, but let's just be honest. And uh, AJ Brown might've had some of the most ridiculous touchdowns of the entire season. I remember the one where he sent them to overtime. Uh, who was that against? And he had like five guys try to tackle him at like the five yard oh. line. It was against the Ravens. Does that sound right? And then he just broke out of every one of them and just slammed in. And he's just, he's just a physical specimen, right? It's like Luke said, he's, he's 90, 10 when you throw the ball in the air. And that's the real thing. Like he is that good. I mean, even remember the one where uh, they, they got the 50 yard bomb to him and the Titans won by a field goal that happened uh, towards the end of last year as well. Uh, I mean, he's got, he's clutch. Let's just say that he's, he's got some big moments. Like, Well, and not even just that, but his playoff numbers as well are something to kind of, that are interesting in a sense, because in 2020 in the playoffs in his rookie season, he did nothing. He did nothing. But then in the one game that he played in in 2021 in the playoffs against the Ravens, he manhandled the Ravens. Six receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. Manhandled them. And you got to remember, too, the Ravens are no slouch on defense. These guys are rocking Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, two Pro Bowl and arguably all pro corners. So it's insane that he just ran rough house on the Ravens. And I, I love him. I love him so much. Not just because he's muscular and he turns me on a little bit, but <laughs> I just, it's just like him and DK. They're the future of this league. Yeah. Tall, muscular wide receivers who can run a 4.540 and catch any ball, any ball that's thrown yeah. to them. That's their a massive, massive uh, length that they have in their arms. I would not be surprised whatsoever if A.J. Brown was the wide receiver one this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I don't think that's even a hot take. And uh, him and Eamon DK are, are insanely similar. Let's just say that. So it's no shock that Luke went both of them. Derek, who you got next? Uh, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I think the Panthers quarterback situation will improve, whether it's next, whether it's this season or the next season. And um, DJ Moore, he finished as a wide receiver too, despite playing with Teddy Bridgewater, missing a game, and playing in that offense without McCaffrey for the majority of the year. DJ Moore is still 23 years old. That's two years younger than McLaurin and four years younger than Kenny Galladay. The Panthers addressed, addressed this um, QB situation by making a move for an established guy like Russell Wilson. Then you will wish you just bought DJ Moore. And even if they get a guy like Trey Lance, he's still young. So DJ Moore can grow with a young QB and be, they'll become just an incredible tandem. I'm willing to pay top dollar for DJ Moore. He's one of those wide receivers that you can project seriously long-term in Dynasty with. Yeah, I like DJ Moore a lot. I think he's still top five Dino wide receiver. That's my personal opinion. And for some reason, I... I mean, you could look on Twitter. There are a thousand videos of it all over YouTube too. Teddy Bridgewater, for some reason, 
did not like throwing to a wide open DJ Moore, and he was wide open all the time last year. I'm not like saying like a little bit. There are full clips of videos of like 10 minutes long of DJ Moore just wide open on every route, and for some reason he wants to throw to fucking Robbie Anderson every time and somehow make him a wide receiver borderline wide receiver one this season which was ridiculous and i i just think he was not utilized properly teddy bridgewater has to fucking go well that's what you get when your starting qb plays with two gloves <laughs> two gloves there's a point of like okay i like i played tight end in high school and after high school and i can tell you this when you're throwing the ball wearing two gloves it just doesn't, you don't have the same velocity, the same accuracy. You don't have the same, like, you're not going to power it as well as you could. Teddy Bridgewater, man, like, he's a good comeback story for everything he's gone through in his career. But if he hadn't gone through those things in his career, I don't think he would have ever, ever saw another another starting position, much less be in the NFL at this point. Honestly, he's got he's got to, like, He's got to know that if he just took a glove off, he'd be a better player. I, it's it's got to be just a at this point like a pride thing where he just has to keep two gloves on. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not a fan. I did I did kind of like buying the Seti this season just because it was a cool story, uh, but I didn't really ever pay top dollar. Uh, unfortunately, oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna interrupt you right there. Well, in twenty in the 2019-2020 season, I was in a league with Kyle. It was my first ever Dino league. Okay. And this isn't uh, like, and I make crap trades, but I just have to acknowledge this on your Bridgewater love. I saw Kyle trade Josh Allen for Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, it was a smart trade at the time, dude. Like, you have to understand, this was two years ago. Josh was like a rookie. And at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater was backing up Drew Brees. I got Drew Brees out of the deal, which was good and then on top of it i thought teddy was going to go to another home and become a starter which he was my starter this whole season and for fantasy purposes he put up pretty good numbers now real life i don't want him as a quarterback i think he's horrible uh i think that the panthers obviously need to move on and i think the biggest problem with the teddy bridgewater offense is it's seriously limited uh you can't throw the ball deep and if you're 20 yards or more and open teddy bridgewater can't fucking hit you He's Lamar and DJ Moore is <laughs> DJ Moore is like extremely good at tracking the ball downfield, mm-hmm. and so that's something that um, Teddy Bridgewater just didn't well, didn't you, play to his strength. If you watch, if you watch DJ play, which I have always like, when I'm looking at film, I always specifically look at this. It's how a wide receiver's head is swiveling as he's running the ball. A good wide receiver doesn't need to have their head always facing behind them to see where the ball is, and that's what DJ Moore did really well. DJ Moore really well was able to track the ball without showing that he was tracking the ball. Like he could keep an eye on what was going on behind him while also running at a, like an amazing speed to get open. And he burned. There was that one play where I think Bridgewater overthrew him and he had beaten out two corners and it would have been an easy touchdown if Bridgewater could throw a ball. Yeah, no, I mean, I think more of the story is they're ready to move on. I think Matt rule is ready to move on and, I think they will. And they'll, they'll address it probably in the draft. Uh, for my last wide receiver, I have to go with a guy from Buffalo. And, you know, they're going to give me shit for this, but I don't care because both of them love Gabriel Davis too. So I'm not going to even – I'm not going to act like they they don't. Um, 
Davis is a stud, an absolute animal. He had two of the, the craziest catches I've ever seen in my entire life in the playoffs, back-to-back, which is just the most absurd shit ever on the sidelines. And, uh, you know, he had a decent season. He actually had 599 yards, which I, I think is kind of went under the radar, uh, but only on 35 mm-hmm. targets and seven touchdowns. I just think... You know, Josh is going to take another step forward next year. I think John Brown is done or maybe has one more year left. I think he's done. I think I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, But either way, I think Davis is going to take another step forward. And I just you can get him for so cheap right now. You might be able to steal him for a third in some leagues. I'd even probably pay a second for him at this point. Yeah, I like Davis a lot. Don't kid me. My fear with Davis is this. If John Brown is on that team next year. And Cole Beasley is on that team next year. And, and let me put this in perspective. Cole Beasley was borderline one of the best flex options you had last year. And so if you, if you're, if you're Buffalo and you still have Diggs, you still have Beasley, and you bring back John Brown, Davis gets skeptical because you don't know how much PT he will get behind those guys. I could see him outpacing John Brown, but Beasley is a slot target machine and Diggs proved that he is one of the best wide receivers in the league so I think a lot would have to change for me to really buy into Davis at the price that he's kind of going for right now but I think you should buy him now definitely because Mm -hmm. because of the fact that John Brown and uh, Cole Beasley are both they have one year left yeah well keep in mind too uh, sorry to cut you off there I'll let you continue afterwards Davis is 21 years old and John Brown is contract is over after this season he's only 21 dude like like that is Mm -hmm. that's dumb young even if even if you don't get real good production out of him till next season he'll be 22 who fucking cares (laughs) like Like i could see davis in his next in the next two to three years kind of matching like a a slayton darius slayton-esque value where like you never he may never hit a thousand yards but he'll be consistent to hit 800 more and will probably be a good end zone target, regardless of Diggs is on the field or not. Well, like you said, uh, Cole Beasley was one of the best flex options there was last year. And in the future, Gabriel Davis is going to be um, Josh Allen's wide receiver too, just like Cole Beasley was. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a very, very good wide receiver three type of guy for a long time. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because I think when Beasley's contract expires, they won't resign him either. And that's nothing against him. I think they just will rather shove Davis into the slot and maybe sign another wide receiver eventually down the road or draft another weapon. Because honestly, like, um, you know, Josh can support three wide receivers like at this Mm -hmm. point, without a doubt, like he's one of the few quarterbacks in the league that can support 3000 yard wide receivers. In my opinion, if, if the situation arise where he had three guys who were capable of it. The only thing that Buffalo really has that worries me when it comes to any of buying any of their players is they're they are headed for cap hell, absolutely headed for cap hell because Josh Allen's about to hit a mega extension. And then you also have Ed Olivier in the next two years who will be up for an extension. They already did Tredavious White. Then they're going to have to do Tremaine Edmonds. And then they may not even be able to afford Matt Milano this season. Yeah, I saw that he may walk, which is uh, depressing as hell. But, you know. I mean, Buffalo could see a real regression on that defensive side. They really could. It could be kind of esque of what happened in Kansas City this year, where, like, you just see a huge regression, like, 
especially to like with like them like in Kansas City specifically signing Teron Matthew, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and with all the guys in Buffalo who are so young and are going to be needed to pay be paid in the next year to two, it could be really really crazy how this team morphs and and adapts in these next couple of years. Yeah, uh, I, th- I I would not be surprised if the Bills go D-tackle early in this draft so that they don't have to um, extend Ed Oliver or however you Canadians pronounce his name. Yeah, well, I mean, also, also, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, too. I actually just read a report this morning. Lamar and the Ravens have entered contract talks for an extension, but I haven't read anything about Josh Allen, and I think – Honestly, I think Josh might be one of those few cases. I think he might actually just stay on his rookie contract because he wants to keep this team, this team together. Cause he actually seems like that type of guy. Like, I'm not just saying that like, a, like a Tom Brady esque guy who will take the pay cut to keep better players around. He has that mindset about wanting to win. Like, and that's all he wants to do. He just wants a Super Bowl. You can, you could tell that's all he wants. Well, the thing is though, is the only thing is if they don't lock him up long-term, he finishes his fifth-year extension. He walks right into free agency, and immediately they can get outbid, especially if they're in the cap hell. That's true. Then why would they not sign him this year? I haven't heard anything. But Maybe they are talking to him. I don't know. Like, I obviously. think they're going to wait for Lamar Jackson to sign because I think whatever Lamar signs for will kind of be around the same as what Josh Allen will sign for, but Lamar Jackson's not going to be worth what he signs. Let me If they sign him for Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson money, or even Jared Goff money, fuck, the Ravens are screwed. They're screwed. Absolutely. And they're going to have to. They they are in a situation where they have to. Well, if yeah. they don't, another team will. Like, I bet yeah. the Texans would. You know, the Texans would be, oh, here's a lot of money. So, I mean, it, it is what it is at this point. But you know what? There's a lot of room in Buffalo. I think Gabriel Davis could be walking into a very nice situation if they do hit cap hell. However, that also probably means that Buffalo will start to regress in their ability to produce on the field. But you know what? I think we've talked way too nicely about way too many people right now. I kind of feel like wanting to, you know, just crap on a bunch of other guys. So when we come back, stay tuned. We will be talking wide receivers to fade, to ignore, and just to say in general, you know, go fuck yourself. So stick around. All right, and we are back back we just talked wide receivers we loved we also touched a little bit on the qb rumors going around in the league and as a very positive podcast i think it's also important to be super super skeptical and be hating on every single other person that we don't like so let's get into it kyle why don't you start us off who's your first wide receiver that you're fading going into the season yeah um so my first wide receiver i was actually both the guys on my list i was pretty much fading last season already but i just want to kind of reiterate uh adam Thielen. i'm seriously fading hard um you know obviously you know he didn't have a bad season last year uh you know had 925 yards and for his adp is actually would have been a pretty good production honestly uh uh, the one thing i will say though you know he's going to be 31 next season and i just think i don't like that situation already justin jefferson's obviously a target hog so he's got that to compete with him uh dalvin cook obviously runs that offense as we already mentioned and now he's on the wrong side of you know 30 and i just think you know you could probably still get decent value for him like perfect example if you get maybe gabe davis and a pick for him 
you know what I mean? Or third or mm-hmm. something like that. Fuck man, take that and run. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like when, once your wide receiver gets to about this point, uh, you got to kind of flip him and ideally your best time to sell him would have been in 2018, right after his 1300 yard season, that would have been a sell high time, but still I would dump him right now. Any shares yet. You know what? It's uh, it's interesting. Adam Thielen had an awesome success story to get to where he got. Yeah. And, you know, traveling all over Europe, playing in different leagues to finally end up back in the NFL and to really pop off. It's not that, like, I don't like him. He's still relatively young. He's only 30. He's going to be 31 during the season. But he's not Julio. You know, he's not a wide receiver who's going to enter his 30s and still produce at what he was doing in his 20s. And even Julio's seen regression just because of injuries this season. But Adam Thielen is interesting. They've already drafted his successor. I think they're going to be feeding Jefferson a lot more than what they'll be feeding him. And I'm just not buying him. Even like unless the price is like a late second, I'm not touching Thielen. And I'll probably stick to that. And it's nothing against him. He's got an awesome story and uh, best wishes to him never winning a Super Bowl in Minnesota. But you know what? It, it kind of is what it is. So like you said, uh, with the with the price thing, I'm going to disagree with you here and mm-hmm. say that I think he's one of the perfect buy, buy candidates for contending teams because I mm-hmm. think he definitely has one more wide receiver one year in him. He did it with Justin Jefferson last year, and not much is going to change in that offense except for the schedule. They they had the easiest schedule in the league last year, and but um, yeah, I think if you can get him for a late second, which is pretty much his price right now, if I'm contending, I'm going to take that no matter what. Yeah, I I definitely see the value in it for sure. I don't particularly like. Uh, getting those pieces that are 30 or whatever. And even if I'm on a contending team, I'd rather just pay more money and get somebody who's 24, 25. Personally, that's just how I like to play it. Or I'd rather just pay more money and pick up a guy who's about to hit free agency right now. Let's say Juju, uh, Kenny Galladay, something like that. Or rather, I'd rather pay up for somebody like that as opposed to going after Thielen, who is uh, the second wide receiver on a run-heavy team. And that's the truth, man. Like, Yeah. And, and you know what? It's... I think Thielen, if he wasn't on Minnesota, we would be talking about him a little differently right now. Yes, I, I agree with that completely. If he's not in Minnesota, I would still actually be okay with getting him. Like if he's on a team that could support mm-hmm. two wide receivers. But just look at what happened to Stefan Diggs when he left and how much yards he put up. It's because he was always fighting with Thielen for yards. His best season was, what, 1,100 yards, I think, when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. But of, what, 1,600 yards this season, he led the league. Like, like it's just it's just Kirk Cousins can't support two wide receivers and Dalvin Cook, who's going to run, you know, 200-plus times. I definitely see that. But uh, Thielen, what did he finish as? Like, wide receiver nine, and um, Je- Justin Jefferson was wide receiver six. So he did he did support two wide receivers. That's true. That's true. I guess that got completely proved myself wrong right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? And the only diss I have at what Boz said is this is the same kid who right now bought a Nikhil Harry jersey for probably hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> so wait, hold on. I do have a I do have a comment on that. So they played from behind a lot this season. Is that just more so just because of that? Like you know what I mean? Like if they if they were yeah. in more- competitive games do you really think they both would have been top 10 this season yeah like i said their their schedule helped them a bunch this year they were just throwing the ball all over defenses and that's that's not 
likely to happen again with the Minnesota Vikings because that's not what they do. Yeah. No, the so. Minnesota Vikings are a smash mouth team who have, for some reason, committed to Kirk Cousins to win a Super Bowl. And you know what? It's with Thielen, what you get probably this season is 900 yards and probably eight touchdowns. That's what I'm projecting. 900 yards and about eight touchdowns, which isn't bad. That's a good flex option, but I'm not buying him. If I'm buying him right now, I'm not buying him to start in one of my wide receiver one or two spots. That's for sure. The one thing I will say, Minnesota needs to get back to what they do best, and that's defense. And if you want Zimmer as your coach, you need to start mm-hmm. reinvesting into that defense because uh, actually I hate to admit this just because I don't like her cousins. He was not the problem in Minnesota this season. That defense was fucking horrible. That's the reason why they had a bad season. They were giving up 35 points a game and cousins was constantly playing from behind. And I'll be the last one to ever give props to Kirk cousins, but it was a tough situation to survive. Well, I think, uh, I think, you know, a big issue that they need to address on defense is making money. And I think the first thing they have to do is cut Harrison Smith, which sucks. Cause he's not a terrible safety. He's still very, very productive. He needs to go. Um, they can keep Kendricks cause Kendricks is obviously baller. But really, Kendricks is the only person on that team who I'd say their spot on the defense is safe and secure. I can't think of anybody else on that team who really played to the point where you're like, yeah, they should. No, you can't. Made. You can't think of anybody else, really. Th- think off the top of your head in Minnesota, who deserves to really, really be like? Oh, I, I don't not know. Worried Hunt, about their job. I don't know. Hunter, okay, the, the okay, number one Hunter. defensive, the okay. number one defensive lineman in the league. I don't sure, know. Okay, maybe so I forgot Hunter. So Hunter and Kendricks. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Okay, ho, 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 ho. All right, right. Who's, who's next? Is there a reason why I'm the IDP expert? Who's next? <laughs> well, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go Boz. Just because he's wearing the Nikhil hair jersey, I have a feeling that's got to be. Oh, all right. All right, well, first of all, this Nikhil hair jersey is completely fake. I got it from China for like 20 bucks from a sweatshop. <laughs> um, but... So instead of doing one wide receiver I hate, I do have one wide receiver I hate, but this I have a little category, all Patriots wide receivers. <laughs> not, it's not that they uh, have any value anyway, <laughs> but you may be able to get a mid-second or like a late second for a guy like Jacoby Myers. And I think that the Patriots want to put the, their future quarterback into a situation to succeed. And they're willing to wait in order to do so. So, because right now the Patriots, they have a good old line, but that's the only good thing you can say about their offense. And just to get an idea of how bad the Patriots' weapons are, let's think about the Broncos' weapons here. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, no offense, they all would be far and away best players, best receivers on the team. KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick both better than uh, Jacoby Myers, who was our best wide receiver last year. Albert, oh, you could make a case that he would be the Patriots' top receiver um, yeah. if he stayed healthy last year. So, all right, back to my argument. Belichick, he will, he will not throw a QB in place until that wide receiver room is addressed. So I wouldn't be surprised if we went wide receiver, wide receiver, or tight end wide receiver in the first two rounds of the draft. And by the time New England has a good QB, no wide receiver on this team right now will be one of our top three weapons. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's an interesting wide receiver room. Julian Edelman ain't it, Chief. You got to go. You got to go. You're done. You know, go go sign in Tampa Bay for a year. Go win another Super Bowl with Brady. 
uh, pull a Gronk. Jacoby Myers is good. I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one, but he is very solid. Nikhil Harry, flop, flounder. Holy crap. Talk about taking the only talk about taking one of the only wide receivers in the first round and you take Nikhil Harry. Oh my god. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. This guy never produced. Never. Never turned into anything people thought he was going to be. And then all of a sudden, Brandon Ayuk, his running mate in college, shows up in the NFL and goes, yo, I'm like a million times better than you ever were. God damn. That guy sucks. I hate Nikhil Harry. And the amount of shares I bought into after his rookie season thinking, oh, he'll pop off. It's 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 the Patriots. Now he has Cam Newton. And Cam Newton literally turned into, I don't know, like a he's fat Ben Roethlisberger built exactly the same, except he doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger's noodle arm. I think Cam Newton honestly must have gone to uh, Xavier's school of gifted youngsters and was trying to learn how to throw the ball with his mind or something like that. Cause God damn, he did not look like he had an arm, but I'm not yeah. buying any wide receiver in that room whatsoever. Yeah, it's interesting uh, talking about Harry just because we already talked about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf on the pod and like a Derek's face, I could see it right now. Like I, we just have to talk. Like, do you guys know what a first round draft pick is? Have you ever seen one before? Yeah, guy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually Michelle impressive. Too. Yeah, it's impressive the amount of busts that the Patriots can pick in the first round. I don't even think it's it's it sounds improbable how many busts they've actually taken. It's a shame. I I bought heavy into Nikhil Harry, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm never buying a first round pick of the Patriots ever again. Like I like I will never do it again. I didn't really buy into Sony Michelle because I thought he was a little undersized bitch, and he turned out being exactly that. Uh, and the only player I really like on that roster heading into next year, as far as offense goes, I like Damian Harris still, and I like his. Price tag, so uh, just yeah. Like, um, I admittedly I was very high on Nikhil Harry coming out of college, but I did have AJ Brown far and away my wide receiver one, and I was so mad when the Patriots did not take AJ Brown. And if we had, we would be sitting here talking about Patriots like loving their weapons, like everything. Ah, well, let's talk about this real quick because this is something I want to touch on. Boz, you're the Patriots guy. What is the last first round pick that the Patriots hit on? Ooh. Um probably Isaiah Wynn. Oh yeah, Jesus that's Christ. that's a while ago. Didn't you guys have one? He's not even like a super big hit though. Didn't you guys take know. uh what's his name? Who's on the Cardinals now? I can't think of his name. Oh Chandler that was a, Jones. Chandler oh, yeah, Jones. Yeah. Jones, yeah. That's that, a long that time ago, game. but he was and a hit. Dante Hightower. That was the yeah. same draft, right? Didn't you yeah. get them both that same draft? Yeah, that was a good draft for you guys. That's mm-hmm. one of the few. Well, I can you know, of. you know, your 2020 draft is a bust when the highlight for your team is Bill Belichick's dog just kind of being in the zoom. <laughs> <laughs> no, the All highlight right. for the team last year was Bill Belichick breaking the phone as the Bills absolutely shoved their dicks down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to talk about my first fade, and uh, we already touched on Denver a lot, so I'm going to touch on them again. I'm not buying Jerry Judy. I'm over Jerry Judy. And I know it's only been one season, but let me put this into perspective. He played 16 games. He had 113 targets, outpacing any other receiver on that team by quite a lot. How many of those targets did he catch? 52 out of 113. Only posting 856 yards and only three touchdowns. If you watch any tape from Jerry Judy, the biggest biggest issue that he has is the inability to extend his arms to make a play. 
He literally had alligator arms on every single ball. And that unheard of route running that everybody was talking about coming out of college never existed. It was not there. He did not look like he was running crisp at all. I don't care if you need to take a season to perform or whatever, or to build, but when you're getting 113 targets and catching less than half of those, it's, it's not you chief back up. I think he might do better with Cortland Sutton back in the fold, but I don't think he'll ever, ever hit even flex option status uh, going forward. Yes. So my big thing is, so the hands, hands concern that can be improved upon with coach coaching and stuff, but the physicality cannot, he's afraid of contact. And that's just something that it takes heart to be in this league and he doesn't have it. So I'm out on Jerry Judy, but for his price right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I might buy a couple shares just because he is down in his price right now. Yeah, I don't hate his price right now. I just think a lot of mouths to feed in Denver, and I'm only buying Sutton and Fant personally, uh, just because I think Fant is still very cheap right now, despite how much of a stud he is when healthy. There's obviously injury concerns with him, and Alberto is breathing down his neck, but I think something's going to change in Denver. I think they need to focus their switch on uh, I could see uh, if they're going to end up trading Drew Lockaway and getting a new quarterback, I could actually see maybe Albert O or Fant being moved because let's be honest, Albert O was a starting tight end on a different team. And like, there was no reason for that draft pick. Like we saw flashes of it and it's just, it's the same thing. I like KJ Hamler. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like the Broncos had other holes and I didn't get that pick either. And it just, it feels like they went way too heavy on offense because uh, what's his name is scared of, you know, drafting bad quarterbacks because he's done it so many times john, john elway yeah john elway is just he was so hyper focused on drew lock that he just ignored the rest of the team right and it turns out it looks like he's wrong like and missed again well he was just trying to replicate what he had in denver in the late 90s when he had or early 2000s when he was running shannon sharp he had terrell davis he was running um ed mccaffrey a wide receiver who was the other wide receiver the hall of famer that they had uh drawing a blank on his name but they had a lot of great talent on those Super Bowl winning teams for Denver. Same thing with Peyton on godly offenses. But I think what Elway missed in that last draft specifically was that in every single Super Bowl that the Broncos had won since he played, it was all defense. It was all defense. And he tried doubling down on the offense. And look what happened. You have KJ Hamler, who probably was not worth a second round pick. You have Jerry Judy, who has busted so far and should not have been taken before C.D. Lamb. I said that at the beginning of the draft. I stand by that now. And now you're you're screwed. You've invested so much into the offense. You have so many young pieces. You spent a third on Albert O. You spent a second on K.J. Hamler. You spent a first on Jerry Judy. And if you have to move any of those guys, you're not recuperating what you spent to get them. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. Uh, they, If they can get a quarterback, I think that quarterback will just thrive, though, with all those weapons. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, that's why I like Watson as a landing spot to go there, as we've mentioned multiple times on the show. But, again, I think – I think they ignored their defense and I think it's going to really hurt them. And I think uh, I don't really like a lot of their defensive pieces. I know Von Miller is going to probably be uh, shopped around and figure it out from there. And um, 
Their defense and secondary is okay. I heard they're franchising te- fucking Justin Simmons again, which is just the, such a slimy move. Just so slimy. How do you franchise tag somebody back-to-back years? Just just pay the guy. Give him some security. And he's a good safety. He really is. He's a solid all-around player. And I do like A.J. Johnson in the middle, obviously. But outside of that, uh, their defense is sus and it's lacking. Well, I and Bradley Chubb. Don't forget Bradley Chubb. I don't think Bradley Chubb's that good. Oh, oh, stop it. You don't believe that. No, I do. I genuinely believe that. Yes. <laughs> if you have the last name Chubb in the NFL right now, you're stuck. You're stuck. All right. And so, uh, Boz, why don't we do a little reverse order here? Who's your second guy you're fading? All right. Uh, so, Henry Ruggs, he simply will never be a fantasy option. I don't care how many flexes you play with. Just don't get Henry Ruggs. I know he's cheap. Guess what? I don't care. Fantasy football is a game of volume, which leads to consistency. Henry Ruggs is the type of player to benefit an NFL team by being on the field without any volume thrown his way at all. He still will help an NFL team, and that's what he's there for. He's a field stretcher. He's good for a long touchdown or a two-catch game once in a while, but he'll never have consistent volume. So he'll have no use to a fantasy team. His long-term outlook is like Nicole Hardman, where he'll just have an unpredictable 20-point game twice a season, and he'll just have absolutely no fantasy value. Totally. And you know what? And here's a question I have for you guys. You could go back, and you're in the 2020 draft, and your only options are Rager or Ruggs. Who are you taking? Rager. Yeah, Rager. I, don't know. I, I still li- I still like Rager. I'm not. Uh, that's why he's not on this list right now. Like, uh, and we're shitting on other rookies and Judy and 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 Ruggs, which deserve hate. But Rager wasn't healthy his rookie season. I'm not ready to write him off. And the Eagles were a fucking wreck. Yeah, the Eagles like, were a mess. Like I like it's like people are hating on Sanders now. I'm like, do you remember what that team was like last year? It was a walking train wreck. <laughs> so hopefully now with Carson Wentz gone and maybe they draft another quarterback, I think maybe they should give Hertz a year. Might as well, right? Who mm-hmm. fucking cares? It's it's the same thing like I've said about Sam Darnold. Just give the guy another year. Who cares? Right? Like, I mean, you've already like I mean especially Hertz, we haven't even seen what he's like if he's given the full reins and uh, you know, and without Peterson absolutely messing with his brain and benching him for Nate Sudfield in the middle of a game. Like, you know what? Uh, I, it's so interesting. Boz made a comment about Judy's physicality because every single Alabama wide receiver taken in that draft, Judy rugs, and even Devonte Smith going into this one are not physical wide receivers. And I think that plays to the type of offense that Alabama has that it's so good. And so uh, like intimidating to play against that you're often at times unguarded and just walking into the end zone. And so when these guys transition into the NFL and never have really been laid out, those welcome Mm. to the NFL moments just last and they stay in their head. Yeah, that's my biggest knock on Devontae Smith as well. That's why I'm I'm not as high on Devontae Smith as everyone. He's just not physical and he's old. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that'd be interesting if then – if Devontae Smith is a bust, like I think we all think, uh, then you would have three potentially first-round wide receivers taken from Alabama 
who are all bust. And I think maybe the correlation between physicality and wide receiver is something that maybe we should look at and do a case study for. If, if Devontae Smith busts, it might be interesting to look at who else is busted over the years and has it all been down to physicality, right? Or has it all been down to, you know, like, I'm not saying it all be, can be chalked up to that, um, but like, it definitely seems to be a major factor. Like if you're not prepared to get hit and make those contested catches, like AJ Brown will like jump in the air and, and snag something or DK Metcalf will, because try to hit them. They'll, you'll just get hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, well, who is the last good Alabama wide receiver taken? Would it be Calvin Ridley at this point? Yeah, I believe that's, so. That's crazy. The type of teams that Alabama has and the best wide receiver to come out since has been Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and that's a while ago. And I, I don't personally even like Calvin Ridley that much. I, he was almost my second player on this list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kyle, why don't you, since you just mentioned, mentioned your second player on your list, who you got? Who you who yeah. not taken? Yeah, so this one's also a fade of mine from last year, um, but I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Tyler Lockett is a sell, if you can tell him right now. I don't really like uh, what you could probably get for him, but I would get rid of him. Uh, you know, he did have a, over a 1,000 yards last year, uh, but you have to look at his game-by-game play because uh, he basically only had two or three massive games and the rest of the season was nothing. He was very inconsistent. If you guys remember, he had the 200-yard game last year uh, where he had the, you know, the three touchdowns or whatever. But outside of that, he had very minimal production. Uh, and I just think the Hawks don't have the money to bring him back, so he's not going back to Russell Wilson. That was always the connection, right? It was always mm-hmm. him and Russell Wilson had a sick connection. So no matter where he ends up going, and if he goes to somewhere like Chicago, like he just said, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have Russell Wilson anymore. So it, no matter where he goes, it's not going to benefit him. That's just my opinion. You know what? I you- think even if you <laughs> take Lockett out of Seattle, I, like I disagree because even if you take Lockett out of Seattle, the guy runs the slot so well he could easily walk into another team and be Cole Beasley esque. Like, and so I, I don't, I don't think Lockett. I would sell Lockett right now, considering the fact he finishes what like a top eight wide receiver in most leagues. But regardless of the input that he's not going to duplicate probably that standing next season. So I'm selling now. But if I'm not getting the offers, I like I have no problem holding on to Lockett because I think Lockett, whether it's with Seattle or not, will still put up top 20 numbers. If Lockett leaves, Freddie Swain is going to put up similar numbers to Tyler Lockett. I think he was a huge beneficiary of that system. And if he goes somewhere else, I don't think he has quite the talent that it looked like he had at Seattle because of the system they were running. So I think he will get exposed if he goes somewhere else. Well, and this is an interesting point too. Like I mentioned, I pulled up his complete season stats because I really wanted to look at it. So he had a 200-yard game like we talked about, right, with three touchdowns, a 100-yard game with three touchdowns. Outside of those two games, he had zero 100-yard games outside of that. He had the game, the first game of the season, which was 90 yards and two touchdowns. But outside those three games, He's sub 70 yards in almost every other game and not a touchdown. So like, yeah, you know what that, I mean? I, I think that that's, that's more insane inconsistency. No, fuck that, man. I don't want that personally. Like as, as, as I didn't Boz just say volume is key and being consistently productive. And I don't want a guy who's going to put up 40 points twice a year. That's horrible. Like that's like, I want, I want 15 to 20 every week, like clockwork, like Mike Evans, you're, you're almost guaranteed 15 to 20 points, right? Like I want yeah. that. I get that, but you know what? Like, I don't think Lockett is a top 
10 wide receiver this year was a fluke because of that like 200 yard game. But I think the person who stands the most to gain from this and a guy I'm buying at ridiculously low prices right now is David Moore. David Moore stands to really have a really, not like a great season, but a flex option season. He's going to be a guy I think who can do really well if Lockett leaves. David Moore, you heard it here first. You're not on the Swain train? No, not on the Swain train. I David Moore has just shown <laughs> more than Swain has. <laughs> and I think I think David Moore just like he's had really good games. If you look at his if you look at last season, like he was injured for a bit, but when he was on the field and he was getting targeted, he put up pretty good numbers and had some really good catches too. Yeah, I don't know. He's 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 like a middle wide receiver, middle of the pack, whatever for me. I I don't personally want if Lockett moves on, I'll I'll take DK and that's about it as far as that wide receiver room for now. Unless they go out and draft another one. If Tim Patrick can turn into a viable flex option, I think David Moore can do it too. Yeah, I agree. I'd throw like fourth rounders for Swain and Moore, both of them. Why not get both? They're extremely cheap. Fair point. Well, I'm going to hit on my last guy to fade. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Kyle talked about how much he loves Sutton. Then I did Judy. And then Boz talked about how much he loved DJ Moore. I'm talking how much I hate Robbie Anderson. Mm. I don't like Robbie Anderson. You know what? He had a, a unicorn season. I'll call it that. He had the most targets he's ever had in his career. The most receptions by a lot he's ever had in his career. He had 95 in 2020. The second highest after that was 63 in 2017 but he only had three touchdowns dj moore was the beneficial wide receiver and curtis samuel over robbie anderson when it came to red zone targets robbie anderson is a great like stretch the field option because he's so wicked fast but he's not physical he's quite skinny i'm not throwing him a lot of 50 50 balls and i think what made him easy was because he was running slot work occasionally he was a good check down option to Teddy two gloves. And so, you know, I think that's what made Robbie Anderson so good. And guys are selling him right now for like high second round picks. And I don't buy it. I'm not buying Robbie Anderson like that, especially if they bring in another quarterback. I, and I think Matt rule knows this and Matt rule knows that it's DJ Moore over Robbie Anderson. So there's no way Robbie Anderson repeats the numbers that he put up this year. Yeah, I, mention, I agree. Sorry, really quick, Go not ahead. to mention really quick, he had his lowest yards per reception his whole career this year. 11 and a half, and his career average was 15 up until then. Okay, continue, boss. All right, yeah, I, I just, I agree. I think um, Robbie Anderson, like, he is never going to repeat a season like this ever again, even if their QB play improves. I think Teddy Bridgewater helped Robbie Anderson as opposed to the other wide receivers he hurt. But uh, like you said, with the yards per reception, he was throwing all the checkdowns to um, Robbie Anderson. Well, yeah, he, he had 136 targets, which is an insane for a guy who, when he was signed, was his intent was the intent of the signing was literally to stretch the field and give them like a really serious vertical threat. 
Yeah, I don't I don't particularly like Robbie Anderson. I mean, the benefit to him is the fact that Curtis Samuel obviously is not re-signing. At least I don't think he is. Uh, I could see him going to a plethora of teams, and it would be interesting. He is actually an underrated buy uh, right now because uh, he could definitely blow up if he lands in the right position or the right team. Like a team like San Francisco makes a lot of sense for him, and he I could see him popping off there because he's one of those speedy little quick guys that Kyle Shanahan loves so much. But I think Robbie he could have maybe one one other season of production just because of that i don't think the panthers have the ability to to draft a wide receiver high if they have to take quarterback uh in the first round so unless they sign a juju smith schuster kenny galladay uh robbie will still have targets this year at the very least yeah and you know what i think i like your i like your curtis samuel take i don't know how he would really kind of mesh with um with uh, the 49ers because they already have Debo who he's going to bounce back. If you are, if you're banking on Debo, not to b- bounce back, you're wrong. They have Brandon. Ayuk, who literally became one of the best red zone wide receivers in the league in his rookie season. And, but Curtis Samuel could fit in as a nice little gadget guy in somebody's mm-hmm. offense. And maybe yeah, it was just, I was just more so thinking of just a team that could utilize that random gadget shit, right? Like, and that seems like a possibility of Kyle Shannon. He also like the chargers would be a really good fit for him. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it, like a, like or a newer little, yeah. Like a fun little gadget player for Justin Herbert, like another little weapon that can get random stupid touchdowns. Essentially. Like, um, you guys are going to hate this fantasy wise, but um, I think if the Patriots do anything in free agency, it's going to be grab Curtis Samuel because they don't have the money. They don't have the money to go get uh, one of the top guys like Judy or A-Rob, but they need a wide receiver. So I think Curtis Samuel might be one of the guys they talk. He would regress so quickly. I know. <laughs> so quickly on that offense. And it's not that it's not Bill Belichick necessarily. It's Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels not knowing how to use players like that. Remember, this is the same head coach who traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu a couple years ago. Let's just remember that. Oh, yeah, you guys did that. Oh, that, yeah, that, was, that was terrible. Because there was another wide receiver that everybody was after that year, if I'm not mistaken. And the Patriots went, we're like, oh, we're going to trade a second rounder for Mohamed Sanu. I don't know, maybe just to have a backup quarterback or something like that. And it was just like, the worst trade I have seen in so long. I so think new is the expert swindler, uh, swindler that ever <laughs> like, like he basically remember. So let's go back way back. Okay. Real quick. Uh, remember when the Bengals had him, Marvin Jones and AJ green. Now mm-hmm. him and Marvin Jones, both left Marvin Jones became a stud and everybody was like, Oh, so new will be the same thing. He was trash when he left. Like he had so, some like, good Jones was, highlights. He had some yeah. good TV highlights. <laughs> yeah. But Jones was actually like, Oh, pretty damn good wide receiver for the last few seasons. And uh, he was a little subpar this year. He was dealing with some injuries. He's another guy. Where does he sign? Like he's another one who's hitting free agency and he wants to win a ring. He said it. I like Marvin Jones, honestly. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Seattle fan, but Marvin Jones to Seattle to kind of cover the loss of Lockett. Cause you can get Jones pretty cheap. I don't think he's going to like get that. Like you're not going to have to spend that much for him. And I think he would do really well pairing beside DK. Yeah. I think that would be a great fit. That's actually, yeah, that's a fantastic fit. Again, I think, again, the Chargers make sense. I think the Chargers need to go out and sign wide receivers this year and multiple, not just one. I think they need just, I, I, they I don't need know. A, I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't 
think yet. It's I don't think the case can be closed on Mike Williams or Guyton just yet. No, I would move like Mike Williams. I'm over him a lot. I've been over him for a long time personally, but I think <laughs> I think it's time to move on from uh, Mike Williams. And but so just, you don't like Jalen Guyton then? I don't dislike Guyton, but just at this point, they they should have a Broncos esque draft where they just give they give. They give him all the weapons because let's be honest, if the Chargers defense can ever stay healthy, they don't really have any holes. If they're healthy, finally, this season, they could really have a strong bounce back here. They got Joey Bosa. Uh, they got good safety pressure. I uh, can always forget his name. Oh my God, this is going to drive me crazy. Who's their Derwin safety? James. Derwin James. Holy shit. If hopefully he's finally healthy this year, they have decent linebackers as well. Like I think they need to go all in on Justin Herbert right now while he's on a rookie contract. Yeah, and you know what? Like, there's so many talented wide receivers on the free agent market this year, and it just so happens that Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Amendola, all Detroit players, <laughs> are free agents. Talk about terrible, terrible front office management. You pick, you sign all of your wide receivers, you don't sign any of them to extensions, and you just make it so that they all walk all in the same year. That's nuts. That's banana land yeah that's detroit for you man i actually i see amandola <laughs> signing with the tampa bay buccaneers when they lose godwin as a fun like it's a little side note it just makes sense to me right like you know what i mean go back go play with brady like well godwin has said he said it this week that i want to be in tampa bay i want to retire a buccaneer however i also want to get paid yeah he's not going back i don't think so they're not going to be able to pay him well bruce arian said that he'd love to have two wide receiver ones on his team he but already like, does. He's got Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Like, you you have to re-sign Shaq Barrett. You have to re-sign Shaq Barrett, first and foremost. And yeah. then you're also probably going to be talking extension with Brady. Because if Brady's like, I've got another season. He only has one year left on the contract. So if Brady's like, if I've got another one in the tank, you want to get him under contract now, right? Yeah, for sure. But you know what? I think that will do it for us today. Thank you, boys, for hopping on. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Dynasty Kings Pod. And make sure you like and subscribe to our new YouTube channel, Dynasty Kings. Thank you guys for listening and tune in next time.